0: Hi, I'm Maddie. I want to welcome you to Love Chapel Hill, where our name is our mission, to love Chapel Hill with the heart of Jesus. We hope you enjoy your time with us today.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Joel. I'm with Connections here at Love Chapel Hill. If you're watching with us for the very first time, or you've only been watching for the last few months, we want to invite you to a very special event that is just for you. We call this event The Heart. The heart is where you can find out the mission behind Love Chapel Hill, its history, where we are, and where we are going. Come talk with the staff and other church leaders on August 17th at 7.30 p.m. You can find all the Zoom information on the website at lovechapelhill.com. We hope to see you there, and we'd love to connect with you.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Valerie with Connections at Love Chapel Hill. I'm here this week to point you to our church's website, lovechapelhill.com where you can find all kinds of information about what our church has been up to, ways that you can get involved, and ways that we are gathering virtually. This week, I want to highlight two of those virtual gatherings. The first is our College Women's Bible Study. Uh, With the new semester come new opportunities for connection. So if that's something that you are interested in, fill out a virtual Connect card and let us know that you want more information about the Bible Study, and we will send it to you. The second virtual gathering that I wanted to highlight is our Friday morning coffee break. It's a virtual coffee break that we get to take together every Friday between 10 and 11 a.m. You can just drop into the Zoom room for as little or as long as you want, uh, just to give a little check-in, say hi, maybe share how your week has gone or something that you're looking forward to for the weekend. All the information for that and more are at lovechapelhill.com so give it a visit and i can't wait to meet with you virtually
2: You've come. we awesome.
1: Chapel Hill. We're going to keep moving uh, into Philippians chapter 4, picking up where we left off last week as Paul's casting this vision of what peace in Christ looks like. Um, This visionary contentment uh, of joy, this gentleness that he paints for us, this picture of Christ-like consideration for another person, Um, and then that picture of, of peace peace in the middle of pandemic, um, peace in the middle of anxiety and fear. Uh, what, what does that word bring to mind when you think of the word peace? What are the images that uh, immediately come to mind for you? Um, maybe you think about a walk in the woods or maybe a wide open field, um, an Eno hammock next to the creek Uh, A shade, uh, sitting in the shade of a tree or a chair on the beach or a seat by the fire. I don't know. Those are some of the first images that come to mind for me when I think about peace. Um, And peace can definitely look like that. It can look like that. But it can also look like a parent who's trying to figure out um, how to do her job. And at the same time, uh, make sure that her her kid is getting um, what they need starting the school year in in a way that they haven't before. Um, Peace can also look like a teacher who's trying to figure out what the first day of school looks like in the midst of a pandemic. It can look like a college student. Uh, who's arriving on a new campus in the middle of what everyone keeps calling it the new normal. Um, It can look like a person experiencing homelessness or an entrepreneur or a medical professional or an advocate for justice, um, all trying to figure out how to carve out a path Uh, in the middle of all of this that we're experiencing. Peace can actually look like all of those things. It can even look like a person in prison with an execution sentence hanging over his head. That's the image we get of peace in the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter four uh, that we've been walking through here uh, together, Paul gives us that kind of picture of this visionary contentment that he keeps talking about and peace in Jesus Christ. Here is Paul writing from a prison cell to a church uh, that is in the middle of persecution and he is talking about peace. And so we're going to dig into this a little bit more and, and pick up a little bit of where we were last week. Um, Philippians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 6 through 9 together, and here's what it says. We're going to read this together again. 6, we went over this last week, but do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the god of peace will be with you holy spirit help us as we're moving through this together we pray for your clarity and above all we pray for your peace teach us what it looks like to be rooted in your peace and to live out of that reality soon name we pray amen so uh, here's what Paul's getting at here. As we talked about a little bit last week, that imagery of the guarding, uh, and he says, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Um, it's significant to remember that Paul is writing this from prison, and so um, in a very real way, he is being guarded in a way that he has no control over. Uh, in that physical sense, uh, the power of Rome is guarding his body, and he can't do anything about that but in the midst of that he's writing to us and he's saying um, just as the power of Rome is guarding his body he's challenging us let the peace of god guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus who is guarding your heart and mind uh, what are you allowing in and out um, who is on guard uh, i think about uh, saint Teresa of avila who describes the depth of our soul um, as this interior castle. Who is on guard in your castle? Paul is um, challenging us in this and in in this strange kind of shift and this call that he makes to us uh, for for a radical shift in our perspective. He makes this wild statement. He says, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious, but instead in everything, pray and bring your requests to God. So in the middle of everything that we are facing, we hear these words, we see these words, um, and it it almost feels insulting, right, (laughs) to think about him saying, don't be anxious. Um, Anxiety is something that plagues our society. We've talked about this multiple times before. Uh, We've looked at the studies and the statistics that point to the sharp rise in anxiety that people uh, have been experiencing over the course of the last decade. Now imagine that compounded uh, in the middle of what we are all experiencing together. And yet Paul is saying to us, uh, and these are words that speak directly to where we are, do not be anxious, but instead pray. Um, What we are not saying, and you know us well enough, if you've been around uh, our church at all, um, then you know us well enough to know that we're not simply saying in that, hey, if you just pray hard enough, your anxiety will disappear and go away. We are not saying that. God may choose to do that. Uh, He has the power to do that. But what we instead see more often uh, is that as he draws us into this life of prayer, as he shifts our perspective and we lean more and more into prayer, uh, what that does is it helps us to navigate through the reality of the anxiety that we are experiencing. And so when we talk about this, we are never saying um, to ignore the uh, role of modern medicine in that, uh, to ignore the role and the impact of counseling in that Uh, over and over again you will hear us talk about the way that we are created as holistic beings heart mind soul um emotional uh spiritual reality physical reality all of those pieces coming together in how we have been created and so because we are this these holistic beings Uh, We have to address all of those areas of our lives. And so um, we celebrate the role of modern medicine. We celebrate the role of counseling and we do not ignore that. Okay, I think we've said that plainly enough times that you get that and you understand that. On the other side of that, just like we don't ignore the role of modern medicine and we don't ignore the role and the impact of counseling, we also don't. Ignore the power of God to work in our lives and to bring a supernatural level of peace, even in the midst of anxiety, uh, to invade our anxiety and bring us this sense of transcending peace, as Paul says here, a peace that transcends all understanding. He has the power to do that, and we will not ignore the reality of God's strength. And so, yes, seek medical help. Um, We we strongly encourage that and urge that. Um, Seek help through counseling. We urge that. And we also urge you to continue to lean into a life of prayer. Uh, We will not ignore the reality of the strength of God to move in our lives and to lead us as he navigates us through the reality of anxiety. Part of what Paul is saying here, and we have to grasp this, it's really important for us to grasp this, Uh, part of what Paul is provoking in us is this shift of perspective as he says that. Uh, Moving from anxiety to prayer, uh, it is this shift of of transformational perspective that he's pushing at. Uh, Like he talks about in um, in, in the, the book of Romans chapter 12, where he challenges us, uh, do not com- be conformed any longer uh, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of our minds. And so we open up ourselves to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in us um, to bring about a transformed perspective. And that's part of what he's pushing here and this shift of focus. Um, over the last few days, I felt this image um, being impressed on me. And this is this is more about um, my story and, and what I am walking through and experiencing in this. Um, and so I'm praying that uh, if this is helpful to you and if the Holy Spirit is using this in a way that's helpful to you, uh, then I'm grateful for that. But I'm not trying to push my story on you. Um, I shared this with the, uh, the Bible study this week. But I felt this shift of perspective and this challenge from the Holy Spirit um, to begin to see things in, in a different way. Um, it's so powerful the way we can relate to Scripture and the way that Scripture relates to us, the way that we can read passages that were written 2000 years ago and more throughout the stretch of the whole story of Scripture and we can somehow, across the generations, across the cultures, we can somehow still see ourselves in these passages, and they can speak directly to where we are in the moment that we're in. It's so powerful. The Holy uh, Spirit-inspired power of Scripture to do that, and so it's beautiful that we can see ourselves in Scripture, but that's not what the ultimate role of Scripture is. Uh, its the, the ultimate beauty is not to be able to see ourselves in Scripture. The ultimate beauty is to be able to see God in Scripture, to be able to see Jesus in Scripture, and the reality of the Holy Spirit moving in Scripture. That is the deepest reality. God is the deepest reality. So that's what Scripture is inviting us to see. And so um, I want to challenge us and and this is the image that I felt being pressed on me. Um, I want to challenge us that as we stand at this uh, expansive window that we have the opportunity to look through the window panes. Um, As we stand at this window and and out of the window, we can see uh, this stretching, beautiful landscape that we're being invited uh, to look to and then to move out into. Um, It could be tempting to stand at a window like that and simply stare at our own reflection back in the glass. If we do that, then we miss the beauty of everything that is beyond us. That's not what the window is for. It's not simply for me to be able to see my own reflection in it, but to see through the window at that beautiful landscape that lays out beyond me. And that is inviting, inviting me out into experiencing that and exploring that. That's what a passage like this is challenging us towards. A simple shift of focus that actually becomes a radical shift of focus and transformational shift of perspective to move beyond simply seeing our own reflection. and our own circumstances to look beyond that at the ultimate reality, it's beautiful that we can see our reflection there, but that's only a secondary beauty. Look to the primary beauty that is the person of Jesus that's being revealed to us in the beauty of scripture and move into that perspective. Paul's challenging us and provoking us uh, to look through the window, to look beyond our He says it in, in that way of saying that this is a piece that transcends understanding. In other words, we can't understand it. It's beyond us. And we need an understanding that is beyond us. Um, We've never been through something like this before. You've never been through something like this before. You're still in the middle of it. You can't understand it fully yet. You don't have the wisdom for that. What you need and what I need is a deeper and higher and broader wisdom that is beyond us. We can't simply look at our own reflections. Look beyond at the beauty of the landscape, and then move out into it. Paul um, says this, finally, you can tell he's he's making that shift and that turn towards um, the climax of the book here and the close of the book. And he says this, finally, brothers and sisters, think on these things. If anything is true, if anything is right, if anything is pure, if anything is noble, if anything is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think on these things, put it into practice. In other words, um, meditate and dwell on the things that are true. Meditate and dwell on the things that are right. On the things that are pure on the things that are lovely on the things that are noble. Dwell on those. All of us, we're living in this moment uh, where it's so easy to focus on, on everything else. And what actually ends up happening is not focus. It's broken distraction. And scrolling is not thinking. And many of us are locked in to our screens when we're being invited to look out the window. Instead, we're staring at our screens when we're being invited to look out the window. Scrolling is actually the opposite of thinking. It has this way of numbing us and closing us off and thinking that we're holding the world in our hands and we're missing the beauty of the landscape beyond us. So Paul's challenging us, think on these things. Who is guarding your heart in mind? What is guarding your heart and mind? What are you allowing into your interior castle? And what effect is that having on your level of anxiety and on your absence of peace? Who is guarding your interior castle? Put this into practice instead. Think on these things. Meditate on these things. Dwell on these things. Contemplate these things. Instead, give them your focus instead of giving everything else around you your broken distraction. Paul is challenging us to think. And that is a dangerous thing. (laughs) But here's the reality. Those who love the truth are not afraid of you finding it. Those who love the truth are not afraid of you finding it. And so Paul is saying, think Think. Use your renewed mind. Focus your mind. Use it to dig. Use it to wrestle. Use it to turn the truth over again and again and again in your mind and in your heart. Chew on these things. Dwell on these things meditate on them. Let them run through your mind. Let scripture, let the truth of God run through your mind. Let the beauty of the character of God run through your mind until it sinks down into your heart and spreads out into your soul and begins to escape out into the world through your everyday, ordinary acts of radical love and obedience. Richard Foster, Uh, described meditation in this way. He said it's to sink down into the recreating silences. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that when we meditate, we carry the word around with us throughout the day. As we meditate on the word, we carry the word around with us and within us. And as we do, it is doing its work. And as it's shaping, it's forming work in ways that we can't even realize are happening beneath the surface. So I want to challenge us towards this. um, To stop simply looking at your own reflection and begin to look out the window at the landscape beyond you. We have to have a peace that transcends our own understanding. We've never been here before. This is beyond you. This is beyond any of us. And so we need that kind of peace. Here's what I'm going to challenge us to do. It's actually a return Uh, When Paul says, put this into practice, uh, this is something that many of you have already been putting into practice. And I want to bring this back around uh, and challenge us again in this. Um, At the very beginning, I think it was our second week of having to do uh, online worship together. um, We gave you a series of um, alarms to set on your phone. Uh, that would challenge you and provoke you to pray at different times throughout the day. And one of those alarms was set for uh, four o'clock, in the, hopefully in the afternoon for you, uh, at 4.07. And that was representing this verse right here, Philippians 4.7, um, that talks about the peace of God guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I want to challenge you to return to that. Uh, Maybe you started with that and it kind of fell off. Uh, Maybe you never did. Um, I'm challenging all of us as a church. Set an alarm this week for 4 o'clock, 4.07 in the afternoon, morning. If you're hardcore like that, go for it. Um, And as that alarm goes off, let it be a reminder to refocus, not on yourself, not on your own reflection, but to look beyond yourself and to ask that the peace of God that transcends all understanding would guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Paul's challenging us to put this into practice. Let's join him in that, and let's put this into practice together. And when we do, he says, and the peace of God will be with you. That's what he says in the last verse there, uh, in verse 9. And the peace of God will be with you. But actually, that's not what he says in verse 9. It's flipped. That makes sense to us to say, and the peace of God will be with you. That's what we want, a lot of us. But Paul says it in a way that's even more beautiful and even more mind-blowing. He doesn't say, and the peace of God will be with you. He says, and the God of peace will be with you. This isn't just a possession that you gain. This is a person. This is the presence of God himself bringing his peace into every circumstance that we face. So then when we ask ourselves, what does peace look like? It looks like wherever you are and what you're going through right now. And yet the peace of Christ can still reign even in that moment. What we need is not just the possession of peace. We need the person. We need the presence of God himself with us. He's calling us to look beyond ourselves and to begin to see him again. And he's inviting us in to that, not just a possession, a person, but the presence of God. May the peace of God, even better, may the God of peace be with you.
3: Church family, this is Chris. I'm honored to have the opportunity to provide the benediction this week, Uh, and I'll do my best to be brief, all right, this idea of a good word. And so what I want to do is first I want to say, give a shout out to the students, especially the first year students at UNC Chapel Hill. Welcome to college. This is a very different beginning to college, all right, that you're having compared to to previous uh, generations, right? Um, And also for those returning uh, undergraduate students, graduate students, professional students, you know, welcome back, welcome home. At least I hope this place feels like home to you. It's so interesting people with everything going on in the world. um, We have a pandemic, we have civil unrest. All right, we have an election uh, that's about three months out. There's so much going on, there's so much suffering, there's so much pain, there's so much anguish, there's so much uncertainty in the world. And so I know for me, peace is not a default, right? I don't sort of operate normally from a place of peace in general, let alone in a time of pandemic. And yet what I'm struck by is that peace doesn't mean that you close your eyes to the world, doesn't mean that you ignore. I'm picking up a bit on what Pastor Matt said last week. You don't it's not blind optimism, all right? And and it really resonated with me, but instead it's seeing things, it's recognizing the things that are in place and yet having peace, all right, despite those things. And that's a really powerful message for me. And so that's what I wanna encourage you all with. And my prayer is not that you operate for peace 24 hours a day. All right, but more thinking about pockets of peace, that there be moments throughout the day, no matter how brief, you know, as brief as 10 seconds or as long as, I don't know, I suppose a few hours, if you're able to do it, but where there are pockets of peace moments where you're present, where you're not concerned about the next thing that you have to do, the next task. All right, or or the bill you have to pay or or where you're gonna get your next meal. And again, those things are all very real concerns. I'm by no means trying to minimize that. But I know that in the moments in which I'm able to have peace, these pockets of peace, it makes such a difference for my entire day. I'm actually able to experience joy. I'm actually able to, 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 to really just live life. You know, it's in the moment, it's by being present. And so I think that combination of being present and sort of being at peace in the present is when we really can experience joy. It's where we can really live. It's really where we can experience experience God actually, as well as relationship with others. So that's all to say, I pray for pockets of peace for you in the week and especially in the weeks to come. All right, folks, take care.